Our cutoff story at number 11. This is a story that got a lot of run over the week because it was just so gosh darn cute. Here's your headline. Four men ate almost 70 pounds of oranges in under 30 minutes to avoid an airport's excess baggage fee. Baggage fee. Say that three times fast. Insider.com gave us that story, and we posted on Sunday, the 31st of January. And if you want more details on that, check out our website, thisisconversation.com, and check the link for this week's podcast, and you will see the links for this one and every single story that we posted throughout the week. But what we'll talk about here in the podcast coming up are the top 10 stories and the very bottom story, but the stories that you said were the most conversational most important to talk about, most interesting stories of the week per you, not anyone else. So we'll get to those in mere moments here on the weekly wrap up with Jacob and Payne. This is true over the week ending February the 6th, 2021. And welcome back to the show. My name is Jacob and Payne. This is the weekly wrap up. This show is about you. It's about the news, but about you. You tell us what news stories from around the world, from various different sources from around the world, are the most conversational that we heard throughout the week, going from midnight on Friday to about 5 a.m. the next Friday. So it was about seven days and a couple hours, just a little overlap to make sure we get through the most in-depth look of stories, the most largest swath we can of stories out there that you tell us are the tops. And how do you tell us they're the tops? Well, we have this thing, this whole thing is called the Conversation project and it lives at a website called this is a conversation.com and what you do is you just follow our social media feeds and we give you every 50 minutes or so a new story to engage to engage with or interact with those two words are separate so you follow us on facebook at this is the conversation and on twitter look for th underscore conversation and all you have to do is literally follow us and when you see new stories coming in your feed like them, love them, hate them, share them, engage with them. And the more engagement you get, the higher score they'll get at the end of the week. On Friday morning, we take the Facebook scores and the Twitter scores and put them into a spreadsheet and weigh them out so they're equally distributed and they make more sense, even though there's a lot more Twitter love than Facebook love. And what we get is a raw score that goes, or actually a real score, not raw score, that goes from top to bottom. The top, of course, is the number one story this week. The bottom of this week is at 189. 189 distinct different posts this week, plus, uh, spoiler alert, we do have a tie, so that makes it kind of go there, and a super story, which combined a couple of headlines. We'll explain what those are as we go along in the headlines. This whole shebang is powered by you, so if you enjoy the content we're giving you, uh, let us know. Email us at inbox at gmail.com. Let us know in the feeds as well, and if you want to help things go along, go to com slash partnerships and find ways you can directly partner with us to keep things going, or just click any link you see in our products in the newsletter on the website in the feed we those are affiliate links that we get a little bit from those sales and it costs you absolutely nothing extra the best thing you can always do is make sure you're sharing this podcast with other folks so that more people are being engaged in the podcast and of course getting them more on the social media getting more people engaged in the social media so we have more better and that's not grammatically correct more better votes in the conversation each week and, of course, we're still going on, so we just keep on trucking, and we'll make sure these things roll pretty well. So let's get into the countdown for this week, starting with the story at number 10. This story has a bump in response. That means more people responded to this one than the story at 11, which is why it is actually in the countdown by just not too much, 1.2%. We posted on Sunday the 31st of January, and the headline reads like this. Robinhood expands trading restrictions to 50 stocks. We're going to read you some lines from Fox Business where we got this, and then we'll do a little bit of commentary because we've got a lot of stories to get to today. 
Robinhood has expanded its trading restrictions from 13 securities on Thursday to 50 on Friday afternoon. Securities on the restricted list range from Starbucks to Rolls-Royce as the mobile brokerage app confronts high trading volume from the last weekend. Robinhood pointed Fox Business to a Friday blog post for more context about the restrictions. Quote, as a brokerage firm, we have many financial requirements, including SEC net capital obligations and clearinghouse deposits. The post reads, and it continues, these restrictions exist to protect investors and the markets, and we take our responsibility to comply with them very seriously, including the thorough measures we have taken today. The mobile brokerage app came under scrutiny Thursday after it initially announced it was restricting transactions from, quote, certain securities to position closing only, unquote, including GameStop, AMC, Nokia, and 10 others. Users can purchase a maximum of one share of the majority of the securities on Robinhood's restricted list, as many as five shares on other securities on the list, such as Rolls-Royce. The company's website states that, quote, limits may be subject to change throughout the day. Now, this was a big game stonk issue from weeks before where uh, the the masses were using Robinhood and mostly Robinhood until Robinhood started to um, limit. And then they started jumping off to other stock prices, other stock um, trading apps where they were basically the the day trader type regular folks who were following Reddit's and Reddit, the Reddit Wall Street bets on Reddit to buy up a lot of game stock and then lots of AMC and other similar Stocks that were companies that weren't necessarily doing well, but there was a lot of hedge funds who were shorting the stock because they were expecting the stock to drop significantly more. This caused a crazy revolution that wasn't quite a revolution where a lot of people made lots of money on paper for a while. And then when things retreated, saw a lot of the paper gains gone and a lot of people jumping in on the late end. Of course, by the time you hear about it, you're probably already too late. And a lot of hedge funds folks uh, lost some money. Oddly enough, a lot of regular hedge fund folks gained money because you couldn't really tell if they were jumping in on the action or they were just kind of riding the waves or whatever they did. But a lot of them who had some stuff that were on the lower end were able to make money as well. Uh, and a lot of people, a lot of regular people did make real money. I heard a story about someone who had bought about $300,000 worth of shares a couple of years back and was holding on to it that ended up selling out this week, making $4.5 million. But he bought 300,000 shares worth a couple of years back. That's the key. You, anybody jumping in the last minute isn't making that kind of money because by the time you jump into it, stocks are already well past its, its limit. But we'll see how long this sort of market re- retaliation and volatility will remain in our lives. At number nine, the story here is rapper Salento charged with murdering cousin in DeKalb County, Georgia. Monday, the 1st of February, we posted this one. A bumping response from the number 10 story of 4.76%. We got this from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Not a lot of people keeping up with Salento. We did have his a story a few months back about him doing the do-you-know-who-I-am type thing to a cop, trying to get out some kind of thing. But his life has just gone from what he'd wondered to really, really, really suck right now. Let's read from the AGC and what they wrote up. Atlanta rapper Salento, known for his hit song and viral dance craze, Watch Me Whip Nene, was arrested Monday in DeKalb County and charged with murder in the shooting death of his cousin, authorities said. Ricky Lamar Hawk, 23, was arrested after DeKalb County police investigated the recent death of 34-year-old Frederick Rooks. Hawk was booked in the DeKalb County Jail on one count of murder, police spokesman Michela Vincent said in a statement. He was being held without bond late Monday, jail record showed. 
Police responded to shots fired call on January 21st around 3.30 a.m. in the Pantherville's area. Atlanta Constitution Journal, Atlanta Journal Constitution previously reported. Sorry about that. They found Rooks dead at the scene with multiple gunshot wounds, according to DeKalb County Police Lieutenant Rod Bryant. Investigations said they believe Rooks knew the residents at one of the houses in Deep Shoals Circle, where his body was found. At the time, investigators had no information about the subject. Now they've linked it to his cousin, who happens to be rapper Salento. A young man who uh, essentially, uh, like like basically, like I said, rode a dance craze a few summers ago and now not doing so well. We'll keep up with this one and see exactly how deep this one's going to go. Let's move the story now at number eight. This headline reads, authorities find the body of David Fowle, the 70-year-old Tennessee man accused of killing two duck hunters on Foot Lake. Wednesday, the 3rd of February, when we posted this one for you guys to see, and this gets a bump in response of 10.23% from the OutdoorLife.com website. Oddly enough, that's where we picked it up from, but this is what they have in their write-up from it from a few days ago. Yesterday afternoon, investigators recovered the body of David Fowle, the 70-year-old Tennessee man wanted in connection with the death of two duck hunters on Realfield Lake. Authorities found Vowell in the water, quote, near the area of the incident, unquote. Discovery came nearly a week after a manhunt began for Vowell, who was suspected of committing double homicide in the deaths of hunters Chance Black and Zachary Grooms, which occurred Monday morning on the north end of Realfield Lake, a historic waterfowling area. High water and adverse conditions forced authorities to suspend the search on Wednesday, but they resumed the search by land, water, and air on Friday. Tennessee Bureau of Investigators has confirmed that an autopsy will be performed, but did not provide details as to the cause of death. District Attorney General Tommy Thomas has relayed the news outlets the account of one reported witness, Jeff Crabtree, who said that he went to hunt with black and grooms around 6 a.m. on Monday. Vowell was a retired owner of Vowell and Sons, a family lumbered business in Martin, and has no adult arrest or criminal record in the state of Tennessee. Let's keep things going. The next two stories are tied. They literally have the same response when we added the Twitter and Facebook and did the evaluations on that. But what happens is we don't like to keep them as ties. We like to have a top winner and a bottom winner, if you will. So the story that gets there the soonest, that means the youngest story, had less time to get to that number, is the higher tie, higher number in the tie. And oddly enough, these both happened on Thursday but one happened in the morning, one happened late evening, and so there you have it. The early morning story headline reads, A man who was denied service at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles because he wasn't wearing a mask returned with a gun and robbed the restaurant of food. This story, as we said, posted on Thursday, the 4th of February. The bump response for the tie stories are 3.09% from the story at number 8. Let's quickly read that story at 7 on the robbery. A maskless man was denied service at Roscoe's House of Chicken and Waffles, so he returned with a gun, authorities say. The man showed up at the back of the Pasadena restaurants, demanded all the chicken and waffles they could give him, and ran off, police and store officials say. He remains at large. This is what happens at Roscoe's location on Lake Avenue in Pasadena around 5.40 p.m. Wednesday. Police and restaurant officials say when the suspect first walked into the restaurant to order, he was turned away because he wasn't wearing a mask and was told he could return if he was wearing one. Instead, he showed up at the back of the restaurant with a gun. At first, restaurant staff was confused as to what he wanted because the cash registers were in the front, and he demanded they turn over food, chicken, waffle, syrup to him. 
No word on exactly what quantity of food he was able to grab, but the man ran off. No one was injured. Pasadena police are looking for the suspect and ask anyone information on them to call at 626-744-4501. Got this from ABC 7 News, the local ABC affiliate there. And while we probably won't have anyone listening to this podcast and may know anything about the guy, you never really know things like this. This might be a stupid crime, a you know, stupid a stupid crook story, but... So far, he's gotten away with getting his meal, even if he doesn't wear a mask. Moving on to the story at number six, here's your headline. Former WWE superstar Tyler Rex comes out as transgender. This story has the exact same stats as the story at number seven. It just happened to get there in the evening. We posted it in the evening as opposed to morning. So it got to the number a little bit faster, just a little bit. The details as we put in the newsletter for eight things to talk about from CageSideSeats.com. Gabe Tuff was once WWE superstar Tyler Rex, a tough pro wrestler who made opponents quiver. To the cheer of millions of adoring fans, she battled in iconic WWE mega TV events, even across the wrestling world, such as Raw, SmackDown, and WrestleMania. But Gabe, Gabby, gave up on all that WWE fanfare to spend precious times with two of her most loyal fans, her wife Priscilla and their little daughter. To Gabe, getting more time to be an ever-present parent to her daughter was priceless. It was the main reason why she left the WWE. Together with Priscilla, they created Body Spartan, a fitness company with an app to positively transform your body, mind, and spirit of men and women through targeted video workouts, nutritional programs, and motivational sessions. Despite her successes during and after her WWE career, Gabby was still wrestling with a secret persona dwelling deep within her. This was a persona she had been hiding in the loud silence of her soul since childhood. Finally, with the blessing of her loving wife, Gabe is ready to reveal who she really is, now known as She Her, a beautiful, wise, witty, wonderful woman. Gabby is about to share her thrilling story of gender transitioning from former WWE superstar, bodybuilder, fitness guru, motivational speaker, and motorcycle racer to a fun-loving and fabulous female. She has been finally set free and ready to rule her world. This is a story wrestling and other sports fans, friends, and followers must not miss, especially many in the LGBTQ community dealing with challenging transgender issues who Gabby and Priscilla are willing to help. So you can check out more details, deeper stories, and more connections on any story we have, either we're talking about in the podcast or of the 189 total stories we have this week by going to the website, thisisaconversation.com. Clicking the link for this week's podcast. This week, of course, is the week ending February the 6th, 2021. And as we said, basically anything that's here, go deeper into or see what stories weren't quite good enough to make it into the list. Let's keep it going as the list keeps on going. This story at number five, and it reads like this. Elon Musk tweeted, doggy coin surged more than 50%. We pulled that from CNN and we posted to you on Thursday the 4th and we got a bump in response from the 6-7, the tie of 8% on the dot. We're going to read from this one. This essentially is more or less an extension of the story on GameStop and Robinhood. But here's what we got from CNN. Cryptocurrency DoggyCoin has an important fan, Elon Musk, who has 45 million followers on Twitter and more money than any other person on the planet. A series of tweets must sent overnight sent the Bitcoin rival up more than 50% in trading Thursday. The first in a series of tweets was only one word, doggy, D-O-G-E. 
That was followed by other tweets hyping the currency, which was trading at five cents early Thursday, but up from three cents before its tweet. Doggycoin is the people's cryptocurrency, he said in a following tweet. No highs, no lows, only doggy, he later tweeted. This isn't the first time his Twitter attention to Doggycoin has sent uh, shares soaring. On December 20th, a tweet in which he said one word, doggy, sent the value up 20% and made a tremendous a trending topic on Twitter. Musk has previously said his tweets about Doggycoin are meant to be jokes. The virtual currency, which has originally started as an internet parody based on a viral dog meme, surged last week thanks to hyped up Reddit users before plunging over the weekend. Now, as you heard, the coin, the, the the cryptocurrency, doggy coin, went up more than 50%, but it went up from around $0.03 cents to around $0.05. Cents. That means it's a very inexpensive coin to buy, an expensive cryptocurrency to buy, and most people do own millions and millions of it at very little cost. In fact, I bought a good chunk of it months ago at about a half a penny, at zero zero five. That's what it was what it was worth, which is why I bought it, because it was so low and I wanted to do a cryptocurrency. I had been doing so well in my Robinhood stock trading. I didn't make four billion dollars on 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 AMC and GameStop, but it was just something to get into to hold on for a while. And because it shot up at the moment, I've got a good chunk of cash based on the worth of doggy coin. We'll see how long it is actually worth. It is a rival because it is a cryptocurrency and it is created more or less as a joke. But. Right now, ain't no joke because Elon Musk is making sure that his sort of jokes are making money for some people if they know how to get in and get out at the right time. Number four is a super story. This is a story where we take a couple different headlines that we posted throughout the week and we combine the results because they're essentially the same story or an update. And so we're not just two or three different stories floating around in the countdown. This super story, uh, this what we have here, what we're posting here is the first story we posted. And we had a backup to it a few hours later, which was essentially the same story. The headline reads, just sprayer at this point. Horrifying moments of Rochester police pepper spray of nine-year-old girl who was suicidal after arguing with her parents. Monday, the 1st of February, posted this one. And the bump in response from the story at number five is 17.59%. We're going to read you from this story first, and then we're going to kind of explain the differences in the other story, which which wasn't much different. Essentially, it was that same story, just a slight update in time. Police in upstate New York pepper sprayed a nine-year-old body cam videos released on Sunday show. Officers with the Rochester Police Department responded to a call for family trouble and a possible stolen car around 3.30 p.m. on Friday, the Democrat and Chronicle reported. Cops were told by the girl's mother, her custodial parent, that she was suicidal and wanted to harm herself and others, according to an outlet. Cops said the girl was taken to a local hospital to receive the services and care that she needs, that was in quotes, after she was pepper sprayed in by the officers and has since been released back to her family. The incident comes after March 2020 death of Daniel Prude sparked protests leading city officials to partially fund the police in order to launch a person in crisis team under the Office of Crisis Intervention Services. The team, which became operational last week, did not respond to the Friday call because it was involved in, quote, a number of events happening at the same time that required police response, unquote coming from the Rochester mayor, Lovely Warren, saying in a statement to the Democrat and Chronicle. 
We pulled this story and it's writing from the Daily Mail. So if you read it on the newsletter, there's a couple of weird format things that they do for British audiences, how they write and read things there. Uh, but it was essentially uh, it's it's all American story and something that's coming more and more as an issue. Uh, the other story was essentially the police actually released a video cam for people to see what happened. And then we saw an update to this story later on where they had details on the on video on the on the body cams. And you can see what happened. Does the visual make it any better, any more justifiable, any easier to take in? No, it makes it worse. But you can go and click on the links for the story and see for yourself and see more details on how this thing came down and what's going on further. We'll definitely keep up with this as apparently we're not out of the woods for bad policing stories. We're not, we're not so much talking about bad police per se. We're trying to put it down into bad policing. There are bad police. And there is bad policing. This is definitely bad policing. We'll see if the police themselves will be seen as bad guys. Next story is definitely a story that um, calls for the bad guy. The original headline that we posted was Evan Rachel Woods says ex-fiancee Marilyn Manson horrifically abused her for years. I'm in trouble with that one. What we turned it into when we had the write-up for the newsletter was Marilyn Manson calls Evan Rachel Woods abuse allegations horrible distortions of reality. This, we used the same link for the story, but they changed the headline on us in USA Today. It was posted, or we posted for you to see, on Monday, the 1st of February, with a bump in response from the number four story of 3.15. As what happens often, we post a story, and they will update the, the story in the, on the Internet on the publication, especially places like USA Today. And we will give you, by the time we get to the newsletter, what is there. So what was there when we got to it? This. Marilyn Manson is speaking out against abuse allegations after his ex-fiancee, Rachel Evan Wood, claimed the musician horrifically abused me for years, unquote. Earlier Monday, Wood revealed in an Instagram post that Manson, 52, real name is Brian Warner, had, quote, started grooming me when I was a teenager, unquote. The Westwood actress has been vocal uh, the past few years about experiencing domestic abuse and sexual assault. Wood, 33, added, here's a quote, I was brainwashed and manipulated into submission. I am done living in fear of retaliation, slander, or blackmail. I'm here to expose this dangerous man and call out the many industries that have enabled him before he ruins any more lives. I stand with the many victims who will no longer be silent. Wood reposted other women's allegations of abuse by Manson on her Instagram stories after posting her statements. Manson pushed back at the claims further on Monday night. His quote, my intimate relationships have always been entirely consensual with the like-minded partners, regardless of how and why others are now choosing to misrepresent, misrepresent the past. That is the truth. Close the quote right there. Manson was swiftly dropped by his record label following Wood's allegations. And that's the most, um, I guess, the most interesting part of the story. Not so much that their allegations, you know, the allegedly stuff is what you say in those cases. But the fact that his label and many other uh, brands that are attached to Marilyn Manson quickly dropped him. And, and they do that now. That's what they do. There's very little discussion in what's going on uh, right now. And I wouldn't say that's a, a, a mark of the cancel culture going on, but there is a lot of CYA going on with these big brands and big money. And if they can find a way to cut a little cost and cut their losses before anything gets crazy, that's what they do. Marilyn Manson, who, of course, is still big in the music industry, but not maybe not the biggest seller right now, was instantly dropped from his label. No word on what work was being done right now, what he's going to do with that. But we'll know more about this story as these types of stories tend to take a while to fizzle out of existence.
Let's go to this number two story for another guy that definitely turned to bad guy really, really quick in country radio. And the headline we have for this one is country radio quickly removes Morgan Weller from playlists after racial slur. That sounds rather familiar. MSM is the point where we got this from, from the aggregating service. The bump in response to the story was 70.23%. And it gets a, we posted on a Wednesday, the 3rd of February. Let's read about Mr. Wellen and Waylon, and you can decide on your own on that on that issue. The hottest star in music so far in 2021, Morgan Waylon, was suddenly gone. His music had been pulled from the top radio chains, including Cumulus Media, iHeartRadio, and Intercom, the cable network CMT, the satellite service Sirius XM, and streaming service Pandora, as well as being removed from any visible spots on DSPs like Spotify and Apple Music. The removals from his prime media platforms may contribute even bigger blows than his contract being suspended by the label. That's their, their word, suspended. Big Loud, with the support of Distributed Republic Records. It all comes at the very height of his blockbuster success, which appears to be instantaneously crashing down after he was captured on video using a racial slur. Wallace issued in a statement Tuesday night after TMZ first reported the incident, saying, quote, I am embarrassed and sorry. I use an unacceptable and inappropriate racial slur that I wish I could take back. There are no excuses to use this type of language ever. I want to be sincerely, I want to sincerely apologize for using the word. I promise to do better. Video posted on TMZ Tuesday night and reportedly recorded by Wellen's neighbors show him yelling profanities after a night out in Nashville, including the N-word. So, moral to the story. Stop saying really bad things, especially if you're really, really famous and deal with being famous on making lots of money. Marilyn Manson, stop, stop abusing your girlfriends because you're just bad. Well, we're not going to go deep into that, but it's, 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 it's serious. This is really actually a really serious thing. And like I said with the Marilyn Manson story, it's not so much cancel culture catching up. It really is insurance stuff, cutting losses, keeping out of trouble before anything can really bubble up. So I can feel for Mr. Whalen and hopefully I'm even saying his name right. I, I've never even heard of the guy, but apparently he was really, really big, really, really hot. And one of those, I guess, you know, overnight sensations that took a long time to get to where he was. But before we can really learn about that, he gone, he gone for a while. And I guess we'll see if and when he come back. Let's get to the story at number one. Number one story gets plenty of fanfare for earning that right. This story, uh, it had to fight pretty hard. It was a little bit older than the story at number two. And its only bump in response from that story is 0.90%. So only about 1% higher than the other story. Uh, it hadn't took an extra day to get there. The bump in response from the number 10 story on Robinhood, uh, adding the trade restrictions to more stocks, is at 167%. And the bump in response from story 189, the almost relevant story of the week, we'll tell you what that story is in just a bit, but 74,000%. So this week, as opposed to last week, wasn't a really crazy week of things overtaking stuff, but it was it's a big story on its own. This is a story that goes into the fact that, you know, the American royal is still having issues with her actual royal cousins, uh, family, or in-laws over there in Britain. And the whole thing makes no sense. But you guys love yourself some Meghan Markle. So we're going to talk about her at the number one story. Tuesday, the 2nd of February, we posted this story. The headline reading, Palace removes Meghan Markle's name from Archie's birth certificate. Now, how can they do that? She's the mother after all. Let's tell you what the New Zealand Herald had to say about that. 
A new rumor emerged at the weekend about the constantly fascinating dupe and duchess of Sussex. This time, it related to an official name change on Archie's birth certificate. A small but significant change was reportedly made to the birth certificate by Markle in 2019. The names Rachel Megan were removed from birth papers for the royal couple's uh, only child, leaving just Her Royal Highness the Duchess of Sussex in the place. British tabloid The Sun shared an image claiming to be a document in question, highlighting the name change and affirming it was made on June 5th, 2019, just a month after Archie's birth. The understandably media-worried Duchess has refuted the rumors that she played a role in the name change and has pointed a finger squarely at Buckingham Palace. In a statement to page 6, a spokesperson for the Duchess stated, quote, The change of name on public documents in 2019 was dictated by the palace, as confirmed by documents from senior palace officials. This was not requested by Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, nor by the Duke of Sussex. End quote. So I don't know if you people just like me butchering Sussex or you people are coming in from overseas in Britain and really pumping this up. Or maybe you folks here in the States are really that into the American princess Meghan Markle for good or for ill. But a Harry and Meghan story always ranks. Anytime there's some minorish thing they're doing, it pops up this time. It took the number one spot this week. And number one spot is usually the story, the space where I use most of my time for all my commentary. I'm not going to do that this week. Um, I'm just not going to do that this week. Uh, we're just going to roll along with that one and just kind of see how that goes. What it does prove is that this is really a conversation in the podcast and the conversation project really does focus on things that aren't so much local as in domestic for United States. We do cover a lot of things that are the bigger stories and some of the smaller stories that pop up around the world. And depending on the, the time of day, if it's a breaking story, it's a really big story. Uh, it picks up steam and it will stick around for a while. This one stuck around for quite a bit being posted on Tuesday and lasting, even outlasting the Morgan Whalen story uh, for, for Wednesday on that one to stay in the number one spot. I don't really have much to say about the the Duchess and changing birth certificate names. Some comments I did get about that was it was kind of shady and did seem kind of just odd that it would be happening. Why would someone want to take their their name off the birth certificate? And number two, why would the palace want to take the name of the person off other than the fact that they just want the fact that her title's there? Apparently, there's still a lot of beef going on in the palace between the Duchess and the palace And so that's going to be intrigue that apparently you guys like to hear about. So we're going to keep talking about it because you guys keep wanting to hear about it. Let's go into some details. The top two stories, the engagement rate for those two are as follows, 4.36 and 4.32% because there's just a slight difference in their actual engagement in the week. So that tells us that those two stories are about 9.8%. Point something eight six eight seven percent of engagement total there about nine percent there uh, giving the top ten total something that's more that's pretty much normal about twenty four point eight five percent about twenty five percent of all the engagement this week were covered in the stories we talked about just now the stories that didn't quite make the also rants are a little high this week seven point seven one I think that's because we had a few less stories we didn't get to uh, the magic numbers two hundred stories in a week to um, kind of make things round out we were a little short by eleven and that's of course we also had super stories as well. So that made the stories that weren't quite there that much more responsive uh, for 7.71% of the response engagement for the week. Uh, That's 11 through 15. And the story at the very bottom, uh, 
it's on the high end as well at 0.06% engagement as opposed to 0.03, which is the norm. For Twitter this week, a little bit on the low side, but not much, 89.19%. So barely at the 90% mark, which means that gives Facebook a 10%, 10.81% this week, a little extra Facebook love. We love all the Facebook love we can get. We'd like to be a consistent 20%. That may be asking a lot, but if you are a Facebooker, one want to be on Facebook for the comments and says there, and there's a lot of interesting comments that come on the stories there. Follow us on Facebook. This is The Conversation. Search for us. We're a blue speech bubble thing, although we're working on changing some imaging. And then for Twitter, it's TH underscore conversation. Those reach up so fast. We need more Twitter followers. We need more Facebook followers. But we'd like to see more love on Facebook if we can do that, if possible. Now, here's the headline uh, that comes up for number 189, the almost relevant story of the week. Student tries to get in touch with a professor online only to learn he's been dead for two years. Bro Bible gives us the story posted on Tuesday, the 2nd of February. So it had plenty of time to do something and didn't do very much. Very bottom of the listing this week. And this is a story that's going to be a whole lot more interesting now that most people are dealing with their learning virtually. And that's the university and for school wise as well, uh, because essentially once you record a, a, a lesson, it's there through the magic of bits and bytes forever. So here's the detail on this one here, real quick, going into this story. And so uh, it this a professor at in it, this happened in Canada. So at Concordia University, there's a guy who's taking a class and he's gotten a little behind on some stuff. So he reaches out to the professor to find out what he can do to get caught up, only to find out through a lot of hard research because it wasn't easily told that. The actual professor had been dead for two years, and this class he was taking was was just recorded classes from before. Now, that's not necessarily the bad thing. The fact that he was taking recorded classes from a person from before that were recycled isn't necessarily bad, especially if it's the, the classes were still relevant. It's just, it was a, um, a simple class. I don't have the, the full thing in front of me, but uh, that was there. But the school just decided to keep using his lectures after he died because he was such a popular student, popular teacher, and they just failed to tell anyone else. That's it. So people were still signing up for a class from a very popular professor who had been teaching online for quite some time. But it just so happened that he actually passed away and the school officials decided it wasn't worth the effort to tell folks that they were teaching, they were taking classes. One, because like I said, taking recorded classes isn't necessarily a bad thing, but if you don't know that you're taking them from someone that's old old work and then there's no one actually keeping up with the work inside of it, you think you're getting gypped. Now, somebody was actually, was of course, obviously grading the work and grading the papers and doing the stuff going on, but it was essentially a ruse to keep that popular professor, the class going from popular professors so people can keep people in the school but without having to know that the professor actually were gone. I'm sure there's probably some copyright issues and some other things that are there as well. Not, no, I have no idea about how compensation is going to anybody else, but it is a weird thing to see that you find out that you think you're paying for a course. Uh, it's one thing to find out you're paying for a course and you find out that it's, it comes up, comes up short. It's another thing to find out you're paying for a course that you think is something live. And it's not only is it recorded, which a lot of classes are these days, it's literally recorded from years ago from a guy who's dead. I don't know how to top that off. So we're going to wrap this up uh, just like we normally do. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. The most important thing you do about this show is to share it with like-minded people, friends, lovers, 
not so much lovers, people who are into conversations, share the podcast so they can hear what stories that real people decided were the top 10 stories, the top bigger stories, the stories you should be listening to or talking about. If we go back to water coolers, maybe on the chat stuff, but the best stories to talk about throughout the week. If you want to help support the show, go to thisistheconversation.com slash partnerships and see if there's any way there you want to partner with us to keep things going or click any link you see in any of our products. We have a daily newsletter, eight things to talk about. We have the website, which has things as well. And of course, we have the feed where we pop in links every so often, add links. And those are affiliate links that allow us to make a little money and keep things going. So it costs you nothing extra. Just if it's someone is good enough to take care of you, it will also take care of us. You can email the show at the conversation inbox at gmail.com anytime you want to or anything you want to for stories we talked about, stories we didn't talk about, or other things as well. And of course, you can um, find me online at jcoopandpain.net for extra stuff. In the meantime, we're already working, preparing, putting out stories right now, every 50 minutes or so, putting out stories that are there for you to check out and see and engage with. So Go ahead and do that. Get engaged and come back next week for another great show. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the great show this weekend. Next week, we'll do it again. Counting them from 10 to 1, the stories that you say in most conversations of the week. We'll see you next week.